What's up, party people? On this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast, July 25th, I guess we're going to start naming and dating these things so you know when we are recording them. But on this episode, we're going to close out the divisional talks. We close it out with the AFC East as we continue on to pair you for the draft and with all the news and the noise and all the stuff going around the NFL. All that and much more going on on this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. All right, brain. You don't like me and I don't like you. But well, let's just do this and I can get back to killing you with beer. You are now tuned into the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. Cast, cast. This place is an untapped resource. I love it! With your host, Flex with Lists. You almost think I'm pretty stupid. I'm dangerous. I'm very, very dangerous. And Alex Marchetti. Your voice is like a combination of Fergie and Jesus. For the everyday fantasy sports player. I would rather listen to Fran Drescher for eight hours. Now, I am going to teach some kids a lesson. They're a bunch of f***ing amateurs. And now, on with the show, Party People. Party people. What's up, party people? Welcome, 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 welcome to another fantastic, informative, and always entertaining episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. I am your man, 50 Grand Flex Hitless, and here with my co-host, live and direct, with much respect, Alex Marcotti. What's up, BFAs? My my voice has been cracking too much, and we, we do this too early, and... Uh, 9.52 in the morning is too early for you? Yes, Get out of here, man. We work until three in the morning. Man, I don't, I don't sleep. I I don't sleep. Well, I don't sleep. I do. I, I sleep. I'm out of shape. I eat like crap. Well, I need my sleep. one thing that you can correct as of now that you have total control of is not eating like crap. I don't have any control of that. You do have control. Nope. Powerless. You have you have to have the willpower to just have your salad with grilled chicken. No, Chinese food is too delicious. By salad with grilled chicken, you do mean uh, pork fried rice, boneless favorite combo, extra barbecue sauce, and a pork pork uh, roast pork egg roll, right? Not at all. You sure? Yes. Because that's exactly what I heard. Because that right there is definitely a sleep coma. So you're, you're telling me you're going to go right after. You're telling me to get the sweet and sour chicken instead. <laughs> no. Get the steamed chicken. You're telling me to get the sesame seed chicken instead. Get the, gr- get the steamed chicken with the steamed veggies. So roast pork lo mein. Uh, wonton soup. With the side of a gallon of pork fried rice. And a homemade IC. Extra sugar. Oh, damn. <laughs> I already got a stomach ache. <laughs> The, well, you the, know, those, those are the type of meals that right after I feel I, I regret it and I feel like crap. But but you know, like I'm the, 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 but good the Chinese food connoisseur in a sense. Like I love my Chinese food. I, I mean, of course, don't get me wrong. Here in New York, I mean, for any I don't know if anybody else listening for anybody else listening outside of New York and Conan O'Brien did a skit about that. It's true. Like in New York, one of the most amazing things is that you go pick up the phone and get Chinese food delivered to you anytime at anywhere, no matter where you are in New York. There's a Chinese food delivery person. Within your vicinity to help you out. And there's always a constant debate that New York Chinese food is better than Chinese Chinese food in China. <laughs> well, they just call it food there. Well, over there they have <laughs> exotic food, like just some stuff that you're like, whoa, I am not eating that at all. 
I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I like I like Asian food in general. I think this stems from my whole love of Wu Tang Clan, I like Asian culture in general. Um, Japanese food. Uh, I'm not a big sushi guy. I do love me some yakitori. Yakitori. We got it when we have our our um, our friend Kento when he comes on the show. We could ask him about his Japanese food. It's him be- so I'll never forget. This is a really funny story with Kento. <clears throat> And if he's listening, you know, then he'll, he'll know he's talking about it. But he speaks three languages, Kento. Kento's, Kento's Colombian and Japanese. So he speaks English, Spanish, and Japanese, right? We all went to a Japanese restaurant, a bunch of us, years ago. Long, long, long time ago. I think we were all like 21 around the time, right? For our friend Angela, uh, for her birthday, my boy Rich's wife. Right? You know Rich. Yeah, I know Rich. Yeah, yeah. So Rich, of course. Yeah, so anyway. RSP. So, uh, yeah. Our, yeah, so his wife, Angela. So for our friend. And then we went. And then Kento speaks Japanese, fluent Japanese. So, of course, we there with Kento. I did not know that. Fluent. Fluently Japanese he speaks. So then I'm like, Kento. We're all like telling Kento to speak to the you know, waitress in Japanese. We're all 21. You know what I mean? So we're young. Like, yeah, talk to them in Japanese. Funny. Kento, ask her if she has any shrimp tempura. All right, cool, cool. I got it. Uh, waitress, he calls over. Do, do you have any shrimp tempura? I'm like, we could have done that, Kento. <laughs> we could have done that. There's no reason to, you know, we, we meant saying in Japanese. You're just taken away from the whole, like, anticipation of it all. It was, like, really anticlimactic when it went to that route. Yeah. But, um, and then it was a funny story. We almost got into a fight that night. Somebody pulled a knife out on us in the restaurant. Going way left at with this. At the restaurant? <clears throat> they threw a chair at us, and they pulled a knife out on us. Wait, wait. How did this happen? I uh, really I really don't remember how it happened, but all I do remember is they threw a chair at us, and then it, they, they pulled a knife on us, and they said, and then I think he said it's a one of, I don't remember which way. But anyway, he did say, I will cut you, sweetheart. So I don't know where it became like rush hour three. Basically. <laughs> yeah. You're bleeding. <laughs> Clean yourself up. You're bleeding. You're at a restaurant just eating, and I don't know where this is a knife fight. Oh, it was it was pretty funny. Like you know, this is once again. This is I mean, we were twenty one drinking sake, so probably we just we probably did something stupid. Who knows? You know, Andy doesn't I believe think, it because it, it, if it's not a world star, it's, it's not a world star. It didn't happen. I know. Yeah, happen. yeah. Back then, world star didn't exist though. Right. But I think it has something to do with like a, a freestyle battle dropped, and then of course I had to get involved. So you started freestyling. I think it was something along those lines. And you just the guy? As much as my memory is like, like, you know, the wheels are well, turning. You, you have a good memory. How don't you remember how this started? I do remember. I remember where I was wearing that night. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I remember I was wearing my, my, uh, my classic maroon and black Cleveland Cavaliers hat with my maroon uh, button up. Uh, I was <laughs> about to say my classic maroon five t-shirt. No, 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 no. I was about to say what? And sing t-shirts all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Uh, but yeah, that that that's a, I do remember they threw a chair and they said, "I will cut you, sweetheart." And I think he was I think he was talking to Bill. Did he say it in China, in Japanese? No, nah, he was a white guy. It was a white guy. Just a white guy. What? It's somewhere in the city, man. I mean, who knows? I really think it's something that has something to do with a freestyle battle. I I think it did. I don't know. Let's let, we'll go to Rich or we'll, we'll talk to Angela. I'm what sure is that remember. Kurt Russell movie in the eighties? Trouble in Chinatown. Oh uh, yeah, the big, double dragon big, big, movie. Big, no, no, yeah, something like that. Yeah, big, big trouble in Little China. Yeah, that, that's what happened. Big trouble in Little Jap- Japan. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. But it was like something like that. But I forget. I know what movie you're talking about, but I, I never seen it. I know, but it's like whatever. Anyways, yeah, that was a fun down trip down memory lane. Anyways, so uh, moving on as we got a lot to cover as we always do with these shows, and then um, you know let's not go over to an hour and twenty five minutes either. <laughs> Let's not go over, but let's go more over. Let's go two hours. Let's let you know what. Let's hit some Godfather numbers right now. Let's not go over. Yeah. Let's go more over. Yeah, 
Let's go to like, you know, Godfather, like two, three hours. Right. That's very oxymoronic of you, but I like it. I dig it. I totally dig Let's it. Let's do it. No. Uh, <laughs> you don't have time. I got to go to work. I still got to pack for my trip tomorrow. Well, you got to go to work. I got to go to work. Not me. I got to go for my trip tomorrow. You don't, but you deserve a day off. Well, you're working a lot for me this weekend. Ugh. People listening are like, stop talking about your work schedule. Get right to it. All right, so let's do this. Uh, so let's cover some news that's going around the league uh, in football. As you know, we're all talking about all about fantasy football. So let's start off with the big news that uh, Ian Rappaport reports Julian Edelman is recovering from a broken thumb. So he was seen the other day with uh, his thumb wrapped up. So I'll write up the report. I'll read the report that was said um, over here on rotoworld.com. Uh, per rap sheet, Edelman's injury occurred three weeks ago while playing catch. Clearly, the injury is more serious than the light than the tight-lipped Patriot had on to uh, for the believe it was only described as a mild, tra- mild trauma. Who he was playing catch with? He broke his thumb. Are you going to tell me that Tom Brady still has a gun like that? That he's uh, still breaking receivers' thumbs? I don't know, man. Maybe. Interesting. Either way, the veteran slot receiver is expected to be up and running by week one. Fantasy owners bullish on Edelman's potential for massive volume is thinned out. Is a thinned out Patriots receiving core can still draft him with confidence. So knowing that he has literally a broken thumb at the moment, what does this do for you? It doesn't do nothing whatsoever. Julian, Julian Edelman is a player that I'm, I'm looking to, to, to get, you know, Perhaps even jump on the rounds to get because he's going to be the pro bono one receiver there with God knows how many targets. How many targets do you think he's going to see? Like 120, 150. Uh, to, on the other, the other hand, what I see is this gives an opportunity for Nikhil Harry to get some more reps, right? To kind of develop and maybe uh, 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 sir, come, come into a wide receiver two role, you know, because. Josh Gordon, we don't know where, where, where he's at still, if he's ever going to get reinstated. And, uh, you know, you got the, the likes of Dontrell Inman and Philip Dorsett that, you know, are going to get more reps. So, if anything, this is more uh, beneficial to those those players, those receivers, than uh, Julian Edelman. Edelman is Tom Brady's BFF. It is not gonna is not gonna affect them whatsoever. They got that chemistry. They got the rapport. Edelman, of course, won the Super Bowl MVP. So, nah, it doesn't affect them. It doesn't downgrade them at all. I'm not concerned about a thumb. I'm a little concerned about a thumb, um, just because of the fact that it's it's Julian Edelman. Yeah, I get it. You know, he is a, he is a beast. It's PPR monster. I get it. He is Tom Brady's favorite receiver. Um, he's only played a full season twice. <clears throat> With that being said, um, I'm a little concerned about the thumb. Maybe it drops him a little bit for me. Not a lot. Not by much. I mean, I know you mentioned all these wide receivers. Don't forget you didn't mention Darius Thomas. He's still on there. Yeah, but he's recovering from the Achilles injury. Uh, and uh, it, is he's not on the pup list or he's... Uh, I don't think he is, but I could be wrong. But anyways, so, but, he, but, but you know, uh, he, might, a while he might be cut, you know, so who, who knows? knows? Yeah. But anyways, the point is, is that uh, he... He is going to get the abundance of targets. I mean, between him and James White, of course, and then you know, and then you, we don't know what's going on with Josh Gordon, all this and the third. But it just because of the fact that you know Julian Edelman catches he catches so many passes that you don't know when that's going to re reaggravate. It drops him a little bit for me, maybe like two spots. So do you select Brandon Cooks over him. 
Pro- yeah. And Robert Woods? Yeah. Uh, Two Rams player right there. Probably not Robert Woods. Kenny Galladay. Probably. Kenny Galladay? Probably. No. Nah. Probably. Edelman. Uh, I'm sure you're going to select Stefan Diggs over him. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, you know, it's, wow, you pick Kenny G over. Uh, probably, I said. <coughs> probably. All right, probably. But, um, all right, it's understandable, but it's, it's a thumb. It's, and he has three weeks. Right now we're, we're at the end of July. You know, mm-hmm. the season doesn't start in like six weeks anyway. So he's going to have well, and he's going to have enough time to recover from this, you know? Yeah, no, he'll he'll, he'll get. It, um, it's not a soft tissue injury where it's not now you're well, talking like I about said, he, 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 where he'll, it lingers. He'll be ready by by week one. They're saying so. And just you know, tape that up. You know, take some painkillers and you're good. Ibuprofen. You're all. He's all set. He's good. Um, Alan Hearns. We know was cut, which was supposed to be the wide receiver one that last year was supposed to be the wide receiver one for the Cowboys because of the terrible wide receiving core. Um. So he's going to report to the Dolphins as he was cut by the Cowboys. Do you see any app fantasy applications for him there? For Alan Hearns? Yeah. No, not really. Uh, it's it's going to be Randall Cobb. I already knew that, even with Alan Hearns on the roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, it's, it's, there's not much of an effect. Like, it's, it's Alan Hearns. I don't know. I mean, I just saying, I just think that that team is going to be so like gun ho, especially with Ryan Fitzpatrick on the center over there in Miami. That I just think that there might, there's going to there's going to be some fantasy value from the wide receiver core there between Alan Hearns, Albert Wilson. You know what I mean? Somebody's going to get some fantasy value besides Kenyon Drake over there in the Dolphins. That's once again, if he even signs with the Dolphins. That's if he signs with the Dolphins. Right. No, it's, well, I, there's other players that I would select over uh, in. in in the Dolphins wide receiving court that, you know, I'm not worried about Alan Hearns at all. Okay. Uh, let's see what's going on else here. The news or something else I saw that was... Frank Gore cleared for practice. Yes. yes. Number one pick overall. Uh, Lions running back coach says that nobody's setting a number on how many touches Carrion Johnson receives this upcoming season. That is marvelous news. That's what you think? Yeah. Uh, you're, you're talking about a player that, that has a three-down back, you know. I read the report from Detroit uh, Free Press. Uh, Carrion's as tough as any of them, so I don't foresee any problems with anything coming about, uh, Kasky says. I'm not going to sit there in a game and say, oh, my gosh, he's got a number of touches. We got to get him out or anything like that. This directly contradicts Matt Patricia's statement from March claiming the Lions would limit Johnson's workload steaming, uh, stemming from season-ending knee injury that he suffered in Week 11, arguably one of the most talented backs in the league. From the moment he was drafted last season, it's still inconceivable. It conceivably took an injury to the veteran uh, theoretic for Johnson to even sniff a majority of the offseason snaps for his rookie year. Johnson's ceiling in a crowded backfield would be much more obtainable if Riddick, Riddick is no longer on the roster post-preseason play. Once again... <clears throat> This all kind of even though it goes goes. I know you're a big Carry On Johnson guy. You love Carry On Johnson, but with an offense that's in a tough division, defense division, that's going to be playing a lot from behind. That's gonna, you're going to have to pass a lot more with Theo Riddick being the pass catching back. 
Carry on Johnson could catch Carry on Johnson. He could, but they don't use him as that. That's why they said if Theo Riddick's no longer on the roster, his value will go up, and it will go up for me too. But with the with an offense that is, like I said, they're, they're in a tough divisional matchup defensively. They're going to play a lot from behind. They're not going to be a great offense. They're going to pass. They're going to try to move the ball down the field more. It's not like Matt, Matt Stafford can't do it, can't move the ball down the field. And he's injury prone already, it's shown. So with all that being said is why I am not as big on Carrion Johnson as you are. Uh, I'm not really concerned with Theo Riddick at all. And Kerry Johnson, he is a dual threat. He could catch. He could catch and he could, you know, he could pound the rock as well. You know, you're, you're talking about a player that received 20, 30 plus receptions last season, you know, and he only played 10 games with a target of 39. So, you know, if he plays a full season, you know, he's going he's gonna to end up getting more receptions, you know, and if he starts getting more snaps. So I like him. You know, maybe you're, you're not too fond of him in the fourth, fourth round, but, you know, there's definitely a, a room for upside with him, even if Detroit Lions are going to suck and they're going to be playing from behind. Okay. <clears throat> uh, also, what was going on for the news? Like I said, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as much as you do. Not that I don't like him, but I just don't see it as much as you do. Uh, oh, this is a good one. This is one I like because this is a guy that <clears throat> my throat. Excuse me. This is a guy that I liked uh, during the preseason. That's a sleeper for me when we do our sleeper keepers and weepers round, and I like him a lot um, for this year at least. Buccaneers coach Bruce Arians said Chris Godwin will never come off the field. That's what he says. He says he will never crawl off. Godwin should fit perfectly in what we're doing. Arius says on the Jim uh, Rome show Wednesday, we can use him in the slot. We can use him out wide. So he'll never come off the field. So we do, but also it's not the first time that Arians hyped the third year back candidate this offseason. Previously stating Godwin could be close to an 100 catch guy and man the slot much like Larry Fitzgerald did during the coach's previous tenure with the Cardinals. With the Bucks forecasted to face the league's easiest passing schedule this upcoming year, Godwin, much like teammate Mike Evans and OJ Howard, is fully expected to dominate in 2019. Are you excited? Is he jumping up your board? I want to say jumping up my board. I mean, maybe now after reading, you know, hearing that for like a spot or two. But I've liked him. I liked him a lot, especially for where he's going. You know what I mean? I, I liked him a lot. So, Calvin Ridley or Chris Godwin? Chris Godwin. All right. So he he's jumping up your board. Mm-hmm. Kenny G or Chris Godwin? Kenny G. All right. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's good news. You know, Chris Godwin. He's a special player. Uh. And I, you know, Bruce, you know, Bruce is gonna pretty much uh, have a, a lights out offense, I think. And uh, Jameis Winston, I don't know about lights out, but I mean, it, J- it, it, J- it, they're gonna play from behind a lot. So I, 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 I fully expect guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin to take full advantage of that. Yeah, and Jameis Winston, I think he has the potential to be a, you know, in, in top twelve quarterback well, for like, sure. Like I said, Chris Godwin for me is definitely uh, somebody I will be targeting this year. I will be targeting together. Very nice. All right, so let's move on. Let's talk about these divisions and everything that's going on. Uh, so which one you want to start off with, Dougie? Los Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. All right, so uh, one thing I wanted to talk about right off the bat as we'll try to get through these divisions, uh, you know, as thoroughly as we can. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, somebody that looks like it's even a possibility he might be cut. He might be released and let go from that team. 
One guy that I like a lot from that backfield more than anybody, Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is definitely one of my favorite players I, I mentioned to take in Dynasty mock-up drafts. Uh, when we have our Dynasty draft, I will definitely be looking for him, so be aware that I am targeting Devin Singletary. Uh, yeah, he's somebody that you definitely you know want to uh, – Try, try and have on your on your, on your team, especially if, if Sean McCoy goes. Now, once again, he's not going to move up to like the the single digit rounds, nothing like that at all. But you take him with a last round pick, you know, like you know, Lashawn, you know, learning a bit from those two veterans on a, on an offense that's improving. I think on the way up, I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, yeah, Devin, because Lashawn McCoy to me is somebody I'm staying away from. You're gonna stay away from McCoy. I mean, I'm. I'll take him as a dart throw at the end if he ends up still playing. If he's on that team, if he's a starter, I'll take him as a dart throw. Why not? I'm not gonna take him as like last year. I saw that there was a chance, a small chance on the last, but a chance that he could have been an RB one, and it obviously he wasn't. And I wasn't like high on him. But I was just saying there was a chance he could have been an RB one. Uh, I'm in general. I'm staying away from the Buffalo Bills running uh, Bills uh, the Buffalo Bills uh, running backs. Uh, they have too many there. Uh, it's a little too muddle in dynasty. Devin Singletary is a guy that I will definitely uh, select because I could see him in the future. You're talking about two aging running backs, you know. Unfortunately, and he's gonna learn from them. Uh, unfortunately, Shady McCoy, who has been a fantasy beast in, of a player in, in his entire career, you know, he's already in the cusp of, you know, he's on the dec- decline, you know? Right. Uh, Frank Gore, also another beast, you know, like if there was a Hall of Fame for fantasy football, you know, these guys will make it into the fantasy football, you know, uh, 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 Hall of Fame, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so Singletary is a guy that I'll select because he's going to be the one next to uh, take the throne and, and you know, uh, 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 take the realms and uh, and be the starting running back. Not, I, I'm not sure this season. Maybe at the end of the half, you know, the second half of the season, but for sure next season. Yeah. Uh, but in redraft leagues, these are running backs. I'm definitely not going to be selecting Singletary. There is some draft value because you know you're getting him in the double digit rounds, so you're, it's not like it's costing you much at all. Uh, so unless you're going for you're targeting a quarterback at that moment, then maybe you you select the quarterback. Uh, so it doesn't cost. So yes, why not give it a shot? Because at the end of the day, you're talking about two aging running backs, injuries is definitely a concern. And uh, what one thing we know is that the Buffalo Bills are going to be running the ball. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. One question about the Buffalo Bills: Which wide receiver would you like to take out of the the you know like the B listers that they have? This is tough. This is very tough. Um, it, Robert Foster is a good. Uh, he's a speedster. You know, he he all he needs is like three targets, and he could get you a decent amount of points. You know, as a good flex wide receiver three. You know, uh, John Brown. He's also you know he, he's also a speedster, but it's his first season with uh, a sophomore quarterback. Uh, it, it, it's a concern. Cole Beasley, his first season two with him. If I have to select uh, any of these or even Zay Jones, I, I'm I'm gonna go with Robert Foster. I think the safest one to take out of that group is John Brown. I think he's the safest one to take. You know, he's shown even when he was on the Ravens that he's a serviceable wide receiver. He had that hot start and he was doing really well. Um, I see him being the wide receiver one for that team. 
You know, it's it's also not like he's the toughest division in the in in, in there either. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, wait, what's what's the hardest defense they have there? With you know, they got the Jets. You know, the the, the Patriots are the best defense they face. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was looking at the strength of schedule uh, for the the wide receivers. Uh, they have like the third easiest uh, for for the season of 2019. Uh, they have the 16 most difficult, you know, like uh, as far as uh, for running backs. So if you feel like Josh Allen is going to progress from last season and not run the ball like an animal that he has and, you know, more more props to him because he, he, as far as uh, fantasy is concerned, he was giving you points. Uh, if you feel like he's going to progress now and be a thrower, just like, you know, Lamar Jackson, to me, they're like – both mirrored, you know, because these are two running, two quarterbacks that pretty much were playing a, a running back role, <laughs> you know. So if you feel like he's going to be throwing the ball more, then there's definitely going to be an upside for one of these wide receivers. But I don't think it's going to be all the wide receivers. No, it's not going to be all. But that, so what I mean is, what I mean is, it's definitely not going to be all. So I feel like John Brown, like I said, is going to be the safest pick to make. Uh, I think Robert Foster is the one that has more upside. I just I. I just believe that he showed, like you said, he showed improved last year, some pep in his step. You know what I mean? He showed some fancy points that he could, you know, provide a good amount of them. And this year he could provide even more, you know, another year in the offense, another year learning, another year with Josh Allen. So I, I think uh, he's going to do all right. Uh, Josh Allen, if he's a quarterback that we both are comfortable taking as our QB one towards like the very later rounds, you know, I think we're both pretty comfortable taking him very, very late. I know Kirk yeah. Cousins is going under him. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins than Josh Allen. But I oh, like Josh sure. Allen. But definitely. There's, a, there's a definitely like I'd rather have Josh Allen than Trubisky. I'd rather have Josh Allen than Garoppolo. I'd rather have you know what I mean. Like uh, we both like Josh Allen, even though he doesn't have an abundance of sexy names on that team. Uh, he could still produce fantasy points because he's not a run first guy. Also, he runs, but it's not like his main thing. And you know he throws the ball well. And I said before, out of that QB class that he was drafting him, I felt like the only receiving the only. Uh, Quarterbacks left standing. We're going to be Josh Allen and Sam Darnold. Um, yeah, you know. Uh, so we, so we, you know, we mentioned that De- Devin Singletary is the one we recommend taking. We don't recommend taking Frank Gore or LaShawn McCoy. Uh, we both like Ruben Foster. I mean, Robert Foster. Yeah, Robert Foster. The last six games, but John, played with yeah, but John Bills, Brown is he was, he, was uh, he, he ended up as a wide receiver twenty nine. So. You know, they have that rapport, so there might be a good shot with him. And I think, he, him ha- I think he has more of the upside. You know yeah. what I mean? I think like I said, I think John Brown is a safer pick, but I would rather go with Robert Foster from that offense. Um, yeah. That's, uh, that, that, you know. Are you interested in Tyler Croft? Nope. Uh, Lee Smith? Nope. Tight end? No, nope. right? Nope. Nope. Yeah. None, so. of None of them. Just, just so pretty much only recommending... John Brown, Robert Foster, Josh Allen. That's it, <laughs> basically. Uh, so what you want to talk about next? Uh you want to talk about? Let's talk about the Miami. That's what's going to be a bad team. Miami, welcome wow. to Miami. Well, as I mentioned before, is that the fact is that they're they're uh, you know they're, they're going to be a gunslinging team. It's I think it's going to be more show than actual like you know like stats. Like what? First, who's going to be the starting quarterback? Rob, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Do you have any interest in buying some shares? Yes, of Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yes. As like a backup QB. As a backup, like in a Q uh, or back, two QB league. Uh, a two QB league. Not right? even, not even, not even really two QB league because it's two Q. Because you want to know why? If I was to take Ryan Fitzpatrick, it's really more just for the fun of it. 
I would take him with like my last, last, last pick, just for the fun of it. And Listen. then, but the other thing is, is that if I take him, I'm not starting him, and un- unless my quarterback is injured for some reason, like week one, and then I, you know, what I'm sure I could pin another one off the waiver wire at week two. But the thing is, is that um, watch him go off like he did with the Buccaneers last year, and then just start killing and destroying. You know what I mean? And throwing up those forty points per game, and you know, be like the best QB in the league starting off the season with, but he's just going to have fun out there. He know they know they're not going to be a good team. They know they're not going to compete. They know they're not going to do anything well, you know, but they're going to go out there and just, just try to have fun. They're not going to really compete for anything this year. They're not good enough of a team. At the end, you still feel like they're going to give Josh Rosen a shot, right? No. No. Why would they spend a second round pick on him? To have him for the future, not for now. Yeah, but don't you think it's a it, Benefits them now to figure out what they have with Josh Rosen now yeah. before next season's draft. Maybe because next season's draft, uh, it's uh, there, there's a good amount of if, good if, quarterbacks. If Ryan Fitzpatrick starts starts bumming it up and they 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 call for you know the, the actual well, blood, who, though, then Josh Rosen. Well, come we out. know Ryan Fitzpatrick; he could give you a lights out game and then he could give you eight interceptions. Absolutely. So you know, uh, you know Ryan Fitzpatrick. To me, if he does start, I I like him as a streamer. Uh, Davies. Those are the places that, that, sometimes. And let's say if you just disregard it and just like quarterbacks at all, maybe at the beginning he will give you some points. Uh, but, you know, do you have faith in their wide receiving core? The only one I would – the one to me that shows the most upside, I know we talk about the emergence of Allen Hearns and maybe that will decline this. This will take away from the other two. But the only ones to me I would have some interest in taking is um, – What's his name? Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills is the number one person I would think about taking. And then Albert Wilson. Also just coming up right here. It's got some news. That's why I got sidetracked. Calvin Ridley tweaked his right hamstring during Thursday's practice. His hamstring? Hamstring. Oh, my God. Hamstring, which is not a thing you want to hear for football players. No. Yes. No, not not whatsoever. That's not good. Definitely taking Chris Godwin over. Julio, Julio, <laughs> now you take Chris Godwin. For I said sure. that before. Yeah, I know, but now for sure. And Julio Jones, uh, he's, nah, looking, still, he's looking still, very nice right now. Not really. Yes, Told you. he is. Still, still um, to me, as far as the wide receivers, the guy that um that I like is you know Kenny still Kenny, Kenny still is number good. one for me, and Albert Wilson. No, yeah, but not for nothing. Excuse me. Oh. Kenny Stills is definitely number one for me, only because, like I said, I just feel like Brian Fitzpatrick is going to just sling it. He's going to just throw it around, screw it, whatever, take this, take that, and then just Kenny Stills, I think, is going to benefit from it. I, I, I will be probably more than likely like looking at Kenny Stills because somebody's got to give you some fantasy points from that team, right? Yes. And I don't see it being carry on uh, Kenyon Drake. I'm not a fan of Kenyon Drake. I never was a fan of Kenyon Drake. Uh, Dynasty-wise, I would rather put more interest in Kalen Balaj. Wow. So you you don't like Kenyon Drake at all? No. At all. Uh I definitely won't mind buying some stocks of Kenyon Drake. If I, I could would. get him some somewhere in the fifth round, maybe. You know, if uh, I'm I'm looking for a running back in the in, in the fifth round. You know, uh he's somebody that I'm interested in maybe getting some stock in. I'm, I'm so you'd rather get uh uh Balaj. I rather get well, not in redraft leagues in dynasty. Not in redraft in dynasty. If I had to choose two, I'd rather choose Kenyon Drake in redraft. But I don't 
I would not be. I'm not going to be looking at Kenyon Drake. I'm. I'm going to stay as far. I. I rather have Lamar Miller, and he's in the same situation as Lamar Miller. I mean, may, maybe he's probably a better running back, but because Lamar Miller, we always assume to be it's, it's a better running back, and he never really shown and proved that. So maybe Kenyon Drake could be because we still have hopes for him because he hasn't had that much time as a starter to show all this. But uh, I rather have Lamar Miller as a starting running back. Or as my, my RB2, because I'm not going to put Kenyon Drake as my RB1. No, nah, I understand. And also, uh, the offensive coordinator, uh, Chad O'Shea, uh, he comes of he comes from uh, the New England Patriots approach with the running back by committee. You know, so uh, the more the more running backs, the more versatility, the more uh, 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 versatile your, your game scripts can be and the way you approach your game plan for the game. Uh, so that could be a little bit troublesome. And frustrating for fantasy owners that have any stocks in running backs in Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like if, if you're going to end up, maybe uh, Balaj might make sense because you're not paying that much for him. And then, you know, someone that you could probably just throw in as a flex and then maybe there's some upside. Um, uh, yeah, you make a valid point there. Uh, I, I go with that. But, you know, for wide receivers, I, I think Albert Wilson over Kenny Stills. I think he's the guy to get. Okay. Uh yeah, I'm the other way around. I'd rather have Kenny Stills than Alvin Wilson. Yeah. Uh, so do, do you like Gasecki at all? The title? No, not yet. No, not yet. That's it. I don't, like, I don't like anybody. Baby Gronk. Stop. Baby Gronk, bro. Not yet. That's that's too premature to say that. Uh, he has he 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 was highly touted last season. He was considered the best uh, tight end coming out of the draft. You know, this guy is 6'5", 247 pounds. I liked bro. him a lot in the draft too, but there's nothing that's going to tell me to take him right now. You know, Not in that offense, no. All right, all right. Um, Adam Gase moves from the Dolphins on to the Jets. As we move on to the Jets, uh, now coached by Adam Gates. Uh, biggest, you know, of course, the biggest thing out of the Jets is signing a Le'Veon Bell. So, Le'Veon Bell to you. You see him as a first rounder? I love Le'Veon Bell. To me, he Love is. Le'Veon Bell. No, 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 wait, wait. I'm just talking about the player the running backs himself you know uh i love him to me he's otherworldly he's the best running back in the game he could he could block he he could he could run he could run routes uh you know his 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 run game is impeccable the way he plays the game you see it's so slow for him it's slow motion he reads it so calm so poised uh breaking in through those tackles and those holes yeah he's a beast we know he's yeah he's a beast we all know that but 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 you got adam gase as your head coach right which a lot of people a lot of pundits feel that he's not a good coach at all right and if you want to look at the history of how he uh, managed his running backs in Miami. He splits their shares a lot. You know, you're talking about Frank Gore, who was the RB one for the Dolphins. He was getting just forty two percent of the carry shares. Right. Le'Veon Bell, when he was with Steelers, he was getting over sixty percent, seven like sixty to mid sixties percent. So. Obviously, uh, you're talking about an aging Frank Gore playing for the Miami Dolphins, right? So they might have to give him a little bit more of, uh, of of rest, right? But let's say, for argument's sake, that Adam Gase ends up giving Le'Veon an extra 10%, 15%, 10%, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
So you're talking about somebody that's going to get maybe 55% of the shares or maybe 60, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, and, and not for nothing, the Jets have a lot of running backs in that team. You know, so, you know, you got uh, uh, you got Montgomery. You got McGuire. You got McGuire. You know, and uh, these are guys. These are guys that you know are maybe are going to take some of that. Uh, that the shares in in in, in the running back position. Uh, you would would you take Le'Veon Bell over now? Now this is the thing. I don't want to ask about this guy because not to talk too much about this right now. We'll talk a little about this more next week when we do our uh, dynasty draft. Not dynasty draft. We do our our uh, mock draft for a redraft. Um, but Melvin Gordon could be this year's Le'Veon Bell. Granted, it's a lot different because Le'Veon Bell was taking a lot of drafts as a number one overall pick because he's that good of a player. And from being number one overall pick because that good of a player, dropping to the ninth overall more or less because of the fact that, you know, with the Adam Gates offense that you were saying, would you take Le'Veon Bell over Melvin Gordon right now? Well, he held out. It seems like he's going He's going that way. I... Uh, uh. Ah. I, I guess I have to go with Bell. I, would I have go, to go with Bell. I would go with Bell over 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 Melvin Gordon, hundred percent. I would go with Bell. Uh, what about David Johnson? Because if if I'm considering taking Melvin Gordon, right, uh, with the possibility of him holding out and doing uh, 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 what Bell did last season, I'd rather go for Todd Gurley. To be honest, if I'm considering that, at least. Todd Gurley, the only thing is his knees that we're that, that we're worried about. Listen, but if Todd Gurley is healthy, then I got him at a premium price. But but Todd Gurley's going like the second in second round. That's even better. That's where he's going. He's dropping. I know, but maybe you know some some people in 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 the, in the league are are high on on Todd Gurley. I mean, would you take would you, you know because Todd Gurley is if he was healthy right now, he'll be the of number course, one. Of course, of course, right. But we're saying, would you? So you right now would still take Todd Gurley over James Conner? No, because I know James Conner is going to be playing. Joe, what about from, Joe Mixon? From, from what we know with the Steelers is that they like to run with one running back. What about Joe Mixon? I think I'll, I'll go with Gurley over Mixon. Okay. The, the you know you're talking about the Brown the Browns uh, the Bengals who selected a couple of uh, uh, running backs and and you know they got Joe Bernard right. Right, well, let's stay on topic, though, about the Jets. So uh, Le'Veon Bell, we both consider pretty much like a mid to end first rounder. We're both like safe there pretty much, yeah. right? Okay. Uh, you know, still a beast, still a stud, still a tremendous talent, could catch the ball, you know, and I'm sure Sam Donald's going to love knowing that he's on the same team as the great Le'Veon Bell. So I see a lot of work for him regardless. I mean, I know that the offense is going to be different, but Le'Veon Bell's going to do what Le'Veon Bell does when he gets the ball. So I, I still like Le'Veon Bell a lot. Uh, I would be. I'm very confident if I take him as my, uh, you know, RB one. Um. So the wide receiver core over there that that is definitely another thing to talk about, similar to the Bills. Not the sexiest of names, of course. You know, Robbie Anderson's a guy that jumps up. I like Jamison Crowder a lot. Jamison Crowder is somebody that I'll be targeting probably more likely than Robbie Anderson on his team. What are your thoughts about the wide receiver core for the Jets? Jamison Crowder. If he ends up playing the slot role, then uh, then you gotta like him. Cause if one thing you ha- if you watch the Jets last season is that Quincy Anua was playing the slot role, and he was the guy that was getting most of the target share. Quincy knew I was good until he kept breaking his neck. Yeah, no, no, he, he no, but that's what I'm saying is that 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 slot role he was going for, for that. That was his safety valve. 
for Sam Darnold. And uh, is that you know, uh, unless he has that rapport with Quincy and Newell, and he just likes him, like they have that chemistry already. But if James Jamison Crowder is gonna end up in the slot role, which we believe he is, right? That's what he that's that's what he plays. Then you must like Crowder in this position, right? Uh, so, but if I have to select the wide receiver, it has to be Robbie Anderson. Come on, bro. The the thing is, like out of the, out of the price. Uh, it's not that Robbie Anderson costs a lot, but I know when you're taking Robbie Anderson, you look for the more than likely if you're taking him, you're looking at him probably like your flex, your wide receiver. You're looking at him probably for like a starting role, right? That's why I'm saying I like Jamison Crowder better because Jamison Crowder is going to be taken as a guy that's going to go on your bench. Somebody that you could plug and play or buy week filler. But the thing is, you could see how he develops. He could be one of those guys that you took very late in your rounds that could very possibly like, and I'm not saying so much because of his talent. You know, he's a talented player. He's really good. He's not like great. He's not anybody I'm saying that's going to just blow you away. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he has some keeper value. If in keeper leagues, you know what I mean? Like he's a player that you could draft that you could have as your keeper next year. I think that he'll give, I think like upside, like, 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 like as high as it goes, like a strong, solid high wide receiver too. That's his best that will go for Jameson Crowder, I feel. You know what I mean? Like, But his floor is also pretty low. I just feel like I'm paying less for a player on the same team that would give me that you kind of swing for defenses for it. You know what a little bit? You know what I mean? But you're paying less for him. Robbie Anderson is a fair price for what you're getting him. But, you know, like you're, you're getting him to play him when you draft somebody like Robbie Anderson. Yeah, you have to play him because he's going in that sixth round. Exactly. So when you're drafting him, you're drafting him to play him. Uh, Jamison Crowder is a guy you could draft to build up on your wide receivers for your bench and build up more stock. You know what I mean? I, I, I you make a valid point on the keepers because you're talking about a 26 year old uh, wide receiver, yeah, with a young quarterback, right? In his second season, you know, veteran that knows what he's doing. Gonna, I think they're gonna love using him in a slot. I just, I just think PPR wise, he's gonna be very good. Not like all oh that God grade and just blow your mind out the water. I think he's gonna be very serviceable. You know what I mean? Like he's not gonna be. So I can let you down. It's gonna be a solid player. Like you know, even if you draft him and he does really well, you'll have some trade value there as well for your team. You know, something also you want to consider at times. Yeah, no, I, I see that. And also, you look look at um, it's Adam Gase, and Adam Gase had Jarvis Landry, and Jarvis Landry was thriving in the slot yeah. slot role. Yeah, you know, if 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 you look back at the you know of the records of how he utilized Jarvis Landry. In Miami, when he was in Miami Dolphins, he was getting twenty seven and a half percent, twenty eight percent of the target shares. Right, and you know that that's not that's 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 pretty good for if you feel that that uh, that uh, Jamison Crowder, it's gonna fit that Jarvis Landry role for Adam Gase, and you're getting him for not to say he's as good as Jarvis Landry, but oh, no. but he, but the role he could play, he could be serviceable and he could do it well. No, like you could do a lot worse, Jamison Crowder in the slot. Yeah, you could, and it's not like you're not paying a price for him. So, exactly, you know. So, so yeah, that's. I rather I rather pay the price and then have the potential upside of Jamison Crowder than to kind of just like you know like oh, I gotta you know I better pay and get everything out of it for uh, you know what I mean for uh, Robbie Anderson. It's like it's kind of like 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 I did with the Apple Watch and the Fitbit. You know what I mean? I got myself a Fitbit because I'm not gonna pay an Apple Watch price if I'm not gonna use. The Apple Watch, everything the Apple Watch does. I'm not going to use it for the text messages. I'm not going to use it for the photos. I'm not going to use it, to, you know, for the web. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm not going to use it for all that. Yeah. 
I got my Fitbit. I can see my text messages. I'm not, I don't have to, I can't reply, but I'm not going to reply on my watch anyways. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to, and it's a big difference in price between the Fitbit and the Apple watch. I'm not going to pay Apple watch prices if I'm not going to use the Apple watch for everything that it offers. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, it's like the extra features that I didn't need. So I paid for my Fitbit prices, who is, which, which I love my Fitbit. You know what I mean? The Fitbit Versa I got. You love it. You, you was telling me about all the steps you made last night. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's bull crap. I can just swing my arm around. <laughs> I made it, yeah. I was like, I made my 10,000 steps. I wasn't even walking. Oh, um, that's, that, the, hack, that's huh? the point. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, so let's finish it off. Let's wrap this up with the Patriots. Uh, Patriots, a lot to go around there. Okay. Uh, Tom Brady, we also, oh, Sam Donald, by the way, is not a QB that we don't recommend drafting, right? We really don't. We don't recommend it. We we really can't. Like I said, Ryan Patrick, I'll take him more for fun, and because of the potential, what he could do. Sam Donald, besides the dynasty draft, I really don't see any reason to draft him. He's going to be on your waiver wire. You can pick him off all your waiver wire. That's really it. Don't draft Sam Donald because nah. if, he, if he ends up doing good, you could draft him off. You can pick him off the waiver wire if you need to. Yeah, just dynasty. You, you, you yeah. most likely have him. That's about it. But um, yeah. All right, I so won't him. Uh, Patriots, we know Tom Brady going very late in the rounds. Another quarterback that you could take later on in the rounds. That could be your QB1. We are not loving Tom Brady this year. We also didn't love Tom Brady last year either. And, no. you know, quarterback-wise, we just think he's going to do just like, you know, QB2 type, right? Yeah, the, there's other quarterbacks that I like that are going to go ahead of, that I feel are going to finish ahead of him. And you're talking about Dak Prescott, Jimmy Garoppolo, and even Lamar Jackson. I don't think any of those are going to I don't think any of them are going to finish ahead of Tom Brady. Okay, so that's what you think. Uh so tell me who is going to help him uh score those touchdowns cuz I feel most of those touchdowns are coming to Sony the ground. Michelle. Yeah, you're talking about all Julian the ground. Edelman. Julian Edelman. I Nikhil Harry probably help him. Tom Brady's still going to get Tom Brady's going to find The Patriots find a way. Everybody counted them out last year. Nobody thought they were going to be the Chiefs. I mean, listen. Granted, at the end of the, you know, we saw that we saw that game against the Chiefs. We think it has a lot to do with D Ford and that violation that he had because he overthrew that pass to Gronk. And it had a lot to do with D Ford. But don't act like just because Gronk is out that the Patriots are out of it. You know what I mean? Like uh, uh, we're talking about fantasy here. We're not talking about still gonna <laughs> Super Bowls. Win, but they're still going to win games. And in order to win games, Tom Brady has to produce. W- winning games doesn't produce fantasy points. No, it does not. You're absolutely right. <laughs> but he's still. I'm not saying he's going to give you 20 points a game. I see him giving you more like anywhere between 15 to 17 points a game, maybe. But I think he's going to do better than Dak Prescott. I think he's going to do better than than Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to do definitely Lamar Jackson. I have no doubt he's going to do better than Lamar Jackson. Uh, uh, so you think Jimmy Garoppolo, he'll do better? No. Who, who's going to do better, Jimmy Garoppolo or Tom Brady? Tom Brady. All right. Are you confident making a bet on that one? No. All right. Lamar Jackson? Confident. I'll make a bet on that one. All right, cool. We're making a bet. Done. All right. Write it down, text it, do something. You shut your mouth when you're what? talking to me. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. You said do something. Do something. Um, not that. All right. So you're not that big on Tom Brady. I'm kind of big on him. We both already spoke about the Julian Edelman. Uh, we know with the broken thumb, we're still very confident we're drafting him. What I like about Julian Edelman is that, you know, if I'm so confident drafting him, like I remember we mentioned this last uh, the, on Tuesday when we were here with, the episode, with Juan. If you decide to go running back heavy, like if you take three running backs in your first three picks, and then you will go in the fourth and you grab a Julian Edelman as wide receiver one. I'm okay with that. 
Because I'm, I'm once really again, good with that. That's if I went very running back heavy. You know what I mean? Because you know, in, in the in the fourth round, you can still pick up some decent wide receiver ones and some decent RB ones with or the chances that they could play, play those roles. You know what I mean? So you you could go heavy like that, like wide receiver heavy or running back heavy. If you go running back heavy, I'm okay with going with Julian Edelman as your wide receiver one. Yeah, like after his suspension, he was like a wide receiver one. You know, he was in the cusp of wide receiver one, you know. Don't get me wrong. He's not going to always give you 20 points a game. He'll probably give you, sometimes he'll probably give you 12. Sometimes he'll give you 18. Sometimes he'll give you 22. You know what I mean? He'll give you more or less. I I would say more or less about the 16 points a game range. But he's for sure going to give you double digits no matter what. Yeah. Like the worst case, maybe it'll be maybe. Yeah. 11, or, nine yeah. points, nine points maybe because he just missed the double digits. But you're talking about a player that constantly is going to give you double digits and then there could be the breakout game where he gets a little bit more. But as a wide receiver one, I'm okay with it. You know, you could still you could build off that and then get another player that can give you a boom and bust uh, type of game, you know, that could make a break or give you 25 points or, you know, five points. Let's talk about the running back situation because we know with the running back situation, it's very always it's very difficult to always predict in a Patriots offense. Uh, would you rather have Sony Michelle or James White? Um, I'd rather have James White. Okay, I'd rather have James White over Sony Michelle. Uh, th- which is funny because they're both going at the same round. They're going in the beginning of the fifth. Right. Uh. Why Why James White over Sony Michelle? Well, the obvious is injury concerns. You know, Sony Michelle is a player that, you know, injury, it's, you know, goes with his name. And although he had a more, uh, magnificent, a magnificent playoff run, you know, and he does have the talents to end up, you know, as a top running back, you know, RB6 numbers he could give you. Uh, injury is always a concern. And, on top of that, them drafting another running back. It's, you're talking about, you know, Bill, Bill Belichick, which I said, he loves to just have, you know, he's a running back hoarder. He loves his running back. It's hard community. to predict. You know, and he, he, he's a guy, you know, that, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of just buy stocks on some players, and, and, or especially running backs. And believe that they're going to be the bell cow because there's no such thing as a bell cow for the for the Patriots, right? You know, so now you got to worry about not only Sony Michelle uh, splitting tar- uh, uh, carries with Damian Harris, and you got James White, you got Damian, uh, you got Rex Burkett as well. So yeah, but I'm not worried about Rex Burkett. Uh, you still got to worry yeah, about Damian it. Harris. I'm a little more worried, worried about than Rex Burkett. Not for nothing, but I know I know what you mean. If PP put it this way, I think I'll simply to. Simply say it for the most part. PPR, I'd rather have James White. Standard, I'd rather have Sony Michelle. I guess that's the best way I could probably explain it. If it's you know because they're both going so close to each other, and if you're drafting them, you're not really drafting them to be your RB one. You're drafting them to be your RB two. At that point, when you're getting around like you know like the fifth, sixth round around there, you know yeah. what I mean. Um, James White in PPR, I'd rather have Sony Michelle. I'd rather have in a standard league. Like you said, injuries, but Sony Michelle has shown that if he's given enough opportunity, he could run away with it. Well, yeah, he, his carry share, he had about was like 43% last season. Yeah. And, you know, James White, come on, he's, he had 20% of the carry share, and guess how much of the target share? 
Oh, man. 22%. Yeah, he had crazy. three more percent than Julian Edelman. Tell you what, he's going around the same way as uh, Kenyon Drake, and I'd rather have either one of those guys over Kenyon Drake. Yeah, so, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I guess uh, I, I, I'll, I'll go for James White. Uh, either I'm, I'm, one. Uh, Sony Michelle is not a guy that I'm rather have select. Sony Michelle than Kenyon Drake. I think I think a lot of people are really, 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 really high because of how he performed in the playoffs. Uh, and then Nikhil Harry, we like him better in Dynasty. I don't think he's going to be. I mean, I don't know. They got to spread the ball around somehow, right? They have to spread the ball because it's not only going to go all to Edelman, right? You know, uh, they they do have a couple of players over there. Is it going to be Philip Dorsett? No, not really. I don't think so. You know, he he's he shown that he could you know. Provide you some points, but he's. I don't think he's gonna, you know, make an impact in fantasy. Nikhil Harry has a good opportunity here. Now, Josh Gordon, <laughs> do you have any interest in Josh Gordon? Yes, you do. Only because I'm gonna. Jeez. Only because. Only because I love a come, good comeback story. I'm gonna draft him before the thirty for thirty starts for him. Oh my god, he's uh, <laughs> the 30, 30 for thirty for fantasy owners because every season, everyone you know, there's a, a fantasy owner that always draft. I Josh guarantee Gordon. you. I guarantee you. I'm gonna probably take him with my last pick in one of my drafts, and I bet you someone's gonna select him around before you. Depends. It's it's gonna happen. Depends. People are gonna buy stocks in Josh Gordon. Yeah, no, and hope. That he gets reinstated. And we, and he's we not even reinstated. And we don't recommend it. No. And then now that, you know, with the big gaping hole that uh that uh Gronk, Gronk is not there, uh, do you buy any stocks in any of the tight ends? No. Not really? Benjamin no. Watson? No. Not interested in him? No. Matt Lacoste? No. Come on. There's not one st- tight end in this entire division that I want. Except for no. Sorry, wasn't even. I thought Ryan said Patrick. He's on the bucket here no more. No, there's not one tight end in this entire division that I want. Not one tight end. Not one. Gasecki, you want to take a shot no, with Gasecki? Would you? I go back to what I said before. No. If you have to, no. Which, which tight end? No, just select. If you have to select a tight end in this division, like let's say you lost Watson. a bet, it'll be Benjamin Watson, right? Yeah. Even with the, if, even with the suspension that if, he has, right? that's if there's a gun to my head. Jeez. All right. Well, nah. Uh, but I think Benjamin Watson is the safest pick to to select out of out all of, out of all, of all there. That's it. Yes. All right, party people. That does it for this episode of the Better Fantasy Bureau podcast. That was quick. Yes, that was pretty wow. fast. We had to make up for the time that we we only did yesterday. We bounced it all out. All right. All right, party all people. Right. Uh, once again, follow us on BFB Podcast at uh, on Instagram on Twitter at BFB Podcast. Follow us, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, hit us up whenever you have questions anytime. We're here to help you out. All right, guys. Love you. <laughs> Peace, party people. Success nonetheless. Peace.